0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. So today's gospel um, should sound familiar to all of us. And the reason is, we read it last week. Okay, we read a version of it last week. Um, so we read the parable of the sower last week. Um, the Bible is beautiful in that anytime you read something, even over and over again, you can meditate upon a million things. Okay, so we're going to look at um, this gospel today as if we're looking at it the first time. Uh, but the reason, kind of before we go there. The, re- the reason that um, maybe we're reading this multiple weeks is uh, uh, basically the, the point of the parable of the sower, kind of from a macro salvation history um, picture, is that uh, if you think about it, it's like God the Father is the sower, and he's planting the seed, which is God the Son, right? So that's during the season of Advent um, that's going to be coming up shortly. Um, so the church is reminding us that this is coming up, uh, and that's why we're reading it over and over again um, before that season uh, comes up. Last week, for those who were here, we talked about becoming sowers with God and kind of having that sense of urgency, okay, that sense of urgency, that when I am in the presence of others, I am Christ, right? Like i'm I'm bringing Christ to others, I'm bringing the presence of Christ to others, and that sense of urgency that we're there to plant seeds. Today, we're kind of given a different lens to focus on. Um, and that different lens is not how we're going to see others, but how Christ sees us, okay? How Christ sees us. If you're paying attention to the readings, um, especially the Psalms, the Psalms spoke about this a lot, okay? So the Psalms sounded maybe to our ears today a little strange. If you're paying attention, the Psalms had a specific theme. I'm going to read to you the Psalms from the Vespers, Matins, and the Liturgy Gospel, you tell me what the theme is. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. The cedars of Lebanon, which he planted, he sends the springs into the valleys. They flow among the hills. Another psalm said, then the earth shall yield her increase. Third psalm. He waters the hills from the, his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle. If you were to summarize the psalms, what are they talking about? Basic level, like don't don't over-spiritualize. Like what is the text saying? What do you think? Plants, okay, very good. What else? What else was said? Plants was one of the things. Growth, okay. Flourishing. I love. I love the one word answers. Okay. Plants, growth, flourishing. What else? Farmers. Okay. So kind of a theme of what? Like the earth, right? Kind of a theme of God taking care of things. Okay. So if you're reading the Psalms, it's all about God taking care of earth and everything in the earth, the plants, the animals making sure things grow, right? Like everything that you guys are saying. And this goes with the the theme of the parable of the sower because taking very literally, okay, taking very literally, it's God's care or watchfulness over the soil or the earth, right? That's why he's planting the seed. Why is the church focusing our attention on this theme today? Like, I, I don't think it's just like a nice meditation To think about like God really loves grass. Okay, like I don't think that's our take home message for today. Um, But there's a connection between God's care for the earth and God's care for us. There's a clear connection there for that. In fact, it's not arrogant but factual to say that God's care for animals, for the earth, for everything you see, all of God's creation, the reason God cares for that so much is because he cares for us so much. The reason that he pours into that so much is because they're actually for us to enjoy as human beings. So when you're driving around, and you see like a beautiful tree in this season, like the leaves, and we're almost done with the leaves, but like, even if you just took a look right outside right there, you see all the leaves and stuff, okay, ignore the, the cement factory and the buildings, Okay, just the trees, okay? Like the trees and stuff, and you see it and it's, wow, that's so beautiful. And like, it's so beautiful. But it's there for a reason. The reason is you. Like, that's why that's there. You go and see the ocean, and the ocean is wow. Like, people love the beach, okay? Like, I'm not a huge beach guy, but like people love the beach. And the beach, and its ocean is beautiful. And it's relaxing, and the waves, and whatever, and that's great. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's there for you. Like, God created that for you. So, on the surface level, the reason God is taking care of all of these things is because he loves us. He's taking care of us. He wants us to enjoy those things. But there is a second layer too. When we see God's providence or care for the earth, it's a reminder that he cares for you so much more. Okay, and that's what the Vespers Gospel is about. The Vespers Gospel is a, probably a passage that you may have heard before and you probably memorized or whatever it may be. Jesus tells us in the Vesper Gospel, he says, Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, Even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, okay, like God is taking care of the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, like soon it's going to have no purpose. How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? The purpose of this reminder today is to tell us, God cares for you more than you can even imagine. God cares for you more than you can even imagine. And when you doubt that, the best place to look is right around you. Look at the creation. Look how God, is, look how God created everything with a purpose. And look how things work in the universe. Like if you're uh, like an uh, like earth planet guy and like science and all those things. If you study those things and see kind of just the level of detail involved, it blows your mind. And God is saying, look at that and know that that is proof of my love and care for you. Some of us might say, you know what? I mean, I know God cares for me. I know God cares about me. But if we're being honest, there will be times where you may be tempted to doubt that. There will be times in your life where things happen and you may be tempted to doubt that. Because things will happen and in your mind, you'll say, well, God should have done this, not that. Like, if God really cared for me, my logic says, if God cares for me, he should have done plan A, not plan B. That's, that's the logic. Is there's plan A here, plan B here. In my opinion, plan A is better than plan B. God should have done this if he cared for me. You'll be tempted to say, God should have prevented this tragedy. Like, how could any good possibly come out of this tragedy that's in my life or in the life of somebody I love? And that's when we need this reminder of God's care for us. Sometimes we look at that verse that Jesus told us in, in the Gospels Gospel or just kind of this theme in general and we say, yeah, of course, God cares for us and he takes care of like our physical needs. I say, yes, of course, God cares about our physical needs. Like the, the one of the best stories that we all love is the five loaves and the two fish, okay? And God clearly cared about their physical needs. But God's care for us is so much deeper than that. And that's where we see the parable of the sower today. The parable of the sower shows us that God's care for us goes much further, way beyond just physical needs. It's much more holistic. It's not just, God really came for me, came through for me in that job, thank God. And that's great. We should thank God for those things. I'm not saying we shouldn't. Or like the class I was taking, God really helped me out, or that situation that I was in, and God helped me from that. And that's great. There's no knock on any of that. But God's care for your soul, for your spirit, So much more valuable, and he cares for that infinitely. I like to do this exercise in myself, especially maybe it's it's Thanksgiving season or something's in the air or whatever it may be, okay? Like, maybe that's just kind of the season that we're in. But I like to do this exercise, and I did this past week, and I encourage you to do it as well, where I try to look back as far as I can remember from, like, early childhood until now. I try to remember from early childhood into now and almost as if i was like a third person like watching a movie i don't know if you've ever done this. maybe i'm just weird okay but a third person watching a movie of your own life okay and you're thinking about different seasons of life that you've had okay so I'm thinking like when i was a little kid my parents and where we were and where we were living and where we had to move to and whatever and i'm just thinking about every season and as i was going through that exercise what i was trying to contemplate on is god's care for me like how god opened so many doors for me to have a relationship with him i look back at my life and i could see how god orchestrated so many things there were times in my life where i doubted the existence of god i'm sure we've all had those doubts okay like i don't think that's a strange doubt especially in, in today's world it's not a strange doubt where i doubted the existence of god and i felt god opening doors to help me love learning about him more getting to know him better pursuing him more Not just having that superficial uh, relationship with him. And I always tell parents this, like if your kid is doubting things, I know sometimes you think that's a bad thing, but actually handled in the right way, it's actually a good thing. Like it's a good thing because it shows that they're not willing to just accept surface level. They want to go deeper. I remember times in my spiritual life, and again, maybe you can relate, where there were times of dryness. Okay, times of like dryness in your spiritual life and things are just not, like you feel kind of like a barrier between you and God. And you're like, where are you, God? Like, what's going on? And I remember God sending specific people in my life to help me with that. Times in my life where I really needed forgiveness, like really needed forgiveness, and God was there to give me forgiveness infinitely, with no strings attached. Times in my life where I felt completely unworthy of his love, which is all the time, and he loves me unconditionally. The only thing I could kind of compare this to is uh, if you've been blessed enough to grow with great parents growing up, I have great parents growing up, you can easily point to things and say about your parents, about how they took like really good care of you. You are very, um, it's rare that you're probably going to point to like when you say like my parents took really good care of me, like they really set me up for success or they did all these things for me. Rarely are you ever going to point to like Man, there was like this one breakfast That like my mom cooked And it was like a really good breakfast Okay, like that food Like that omelet was just whew, Like I still dream about that omelet today Maybe, maybe, maybe you guys had really good omelets growing up Okay, but like it's rare That you're going to think about those like physical material things What do you mostly remember? What you will mostly remember Is how they cared for you in your time of need When you were maybe like unsure about yourself Like uneasy You were doubting things. Maybe you were like a little fearful, hesitant, timid, whatever it may be. And they were there for you over and over and over and over again. And you love your parents for that, right? Like, again, if you're blessed to have like that relationship with your parents, you love your parents for that. But truthfully, the best parent on the face of the planet, best parent on planet Earth, could not fulfill that 100% of the time. Because we're limited human beings. Like parents, sorry, love you. Okay, like we're limited. Like, you can't fulfill that 100% of the time. If your child asked you, parent, to explain your love for them, your care for them, could you put it into words? Probably not. Like, it's beyond words. And they're like, wow, mom and dad, like, you really care about this house that we got. That's why you're taking care of the house. Yeah, like, the house is nice. Okay, like, I'm taking care of the house. But the house is for you. Like, wow, you really care. Like, mom and dad, like, your job, like, you're so, you know, uh, like, you have integrity in your job. Like, you're doing your best in your job. Like, you're doing great. Yeah, the job is great. Like, that's great. But it's for you. Right? Like, everything is for you. That's what the sower does. God is there. And he's saying, all these things that I have here on earth, all that stuff is for you. Everything I create is for you. And if you doubt that for a second, just look around you. Look around you, it's proof that I love you so much. The sower meets us where we are at, and he's hoping that over time, our soil, and in different seasons of life, that our soil is transformed to good soil. And then, to reap fruit, something great is going to happen. And it's hard to put into words God's care for us, because as much as I would like to explain it as a parent to a child, and it is a beautiful analogy, it's so much more than that. Because God's care for us is completely selfless. Completely selfless. Christ came, and we're going to celebrate that season shortly. When Christ came, he came to us taking nothing in return. Actually less than nothing. I wouldn't even say he came, he gave, and he took nothing. He actually took less than nothing. Christ came, and he took on the worst of humanity and gave humanity the best of his divinity, to be partakers of his divinity. He took on the worst of humanity and gave us the best. So like parents, you do your best, you do a great job, and it's great, and you try to be selfless and sacrificial. No one can do this. This is a God thing. Nobody can do what God did. I think sometimes when we're kind of running and busy and, and the holiday season's coming up upon us shortly is that we don't take time to reflect on this. We don't take time to reflect about God's care for us and how it's so unique in each of like it's, it's great in a macro level, like salvation history level, but it's also so great and unique from a personal level. Okay. And I'm not saying your life is perfect. I'm not saying my life is perfect. We all have things that we've gone through things that we don't like and whatever, but God's care for us is so personal. And even in those things that we view as the worst thing ever, God is there and God is with you and God grieves with you and God is there with you and he cares for you. One thing I will um, kind of going back to that movie analogy. When I, when I look back on my life, it kind of was like a third person. I imagine in heaven, one of my, you know, if I get a request. Okay, I don't, I don't know. If that, I'm, I guess I'm being a little bold here. But if I re- get a request, if I'm in front of Christ at some point, I get a request. You know what my request would be? Lord, I saw this much of your love when I was there on earth. Because God is humble. He doesn't reveal everything to us. I saw this much of your love in my own life of how you dealt with me when I was here on earth. Can you show me like a little bit more like kind of behind the scenes? Like things that I didn't see? Like just just open the curtain a little bit. I just want to see a little bit more of your love for me. Because I guarantee you, you can probably go through this exercise and you'll get this much of how much God loves you. And you don't even notice like 90% of all the stuff that he's doing around us. Again, I don't know if I'll get, hopefully no archangels show up with swords at that point when I make that request. God doesn't ask us to do anything. And that's what the parable of the sower is beautiful. Because we sometimes look at that and we say, man, like God is kind of rough on the soil by the wayside or the whatever. But really, if you think about it, what is God doing? God is being generous. God is being generous. It's actually like not logical to throw seeds where they don't belong. And the reason that he's doing that is because he's hoping that we choose life, that we choose that good soil. That over time, and yes, we have seasons where we're distracted and the thorns and the wayside and whatever. But He's hoping that we choose life, that we choose that good soil, that we bear that fruit in our life with Him. And sometimes when we when we say that, we think like, okay, does God like want something specific from us? Okay, like does God want to create the soil and us to bear fruit because He wants, like it's almost it sounds like kind of controlling. Like God wants that because it's controlling. God doesn't need anything from us. You know, like even bearing fruit, when we say like that's our job scripture is bearing fruit, God doesn't need that from us. God doesn't need anything from us. One of the beautiful uh, parts of the Psalms uh, says, you have no need of my goodness. Talking to God, we say, you have no need of my goodness. So why does God want goodness if he has no need of of our goodness? Because he cares for us. Because he loves us. Because he wants what's best for us. That is why God And this parable is all about sowing everywhere because God's care for us is infinite. God's care for us is infinite. It never stops. My prayer, um, as we are again approaching Thanksgiving here shortly and the season of Advent, is that we contemplate on this a little bit more. I know sometimes you say, like, God loves me. God cares about me. But, like, maybe you go through that. You'd be crazy like me and go through that movie exercise. Okay, go through your life. This week is the perfect week to do it. Maybe you're at home, you have some time. Just meditate on your life. And things that could have gone one way, but God orchestrated it in a whole different way. And I think when we do that, and when when we realize the love that God has for us, the more we realize the love that God has for us, the love that God has for us, the love that God has for us, the more we are inspired to love Him in return. That's how we grow deeper in our love. We grow deeper in our love by being inspired by His love. And when we do that... We're the most joyful people on the planet. We're the most sacrificial and giving people on the planet. And that's what we're called to be. And glory be to God forever. Amen.